Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. another episode of relics radio this is a family friendly show so the entire family can join us as we talk metal detecting relic and treasure hunting you can also call into the show at 270-495-0315 or join in the chat and post any comments or questions you might have relics radio is available live on the spreaker app but it's also archived wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Relics Radio. Well, I did say I was a professional, right? That was a little bit of an interesting uh, start to the show. <laughs> Tell you what, what do you think, Tony? Am I a professional or what? Welcome to episode one of Relics Radio. <laughs> we're just getting, this is our first show, we're just getting used to it here, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, I pushed the wrong button, had it all ready to go, all the best laid plans, and then just like likes, right? Nothing ever goes quite like planned. You know what, if you didn't say anything, nobody would have even found it. No one would have heard it. I'm ultra critical of myself, right? And like usual, I'm just like, oh, I pushed the wrong button. Good thing but I had in case extra fingers. <laughs> in case there's any questions, I don't have control over the sound. So just putting it up. <laughs> Shoot. Just so you all know. I can't blame you now. <laughs> hey, people rolling in the chat. Thanks. Hey, good to see everyone coming in, saying hello. Appreciate you being here. If you're listening on the replay, hey, we see you. We see your numbers. Make sure you reach out or join us over on the Relics Radio Group Facebook group. Uh, just search that up. Come on over and join. We've got a link down below to the group. You should definitely head on over there. That's where we put all our announcements of upcoming guests. And uh, the replays are over there. And, uh, you know, any kind of information. A lot of people post their detecting finds over there. It's a great little group. And um, head on over there and say, hey, uh, you know, here's who I am. We listen all the time. We don't listen live. But we're one of the people that listen on the replay. We'd love to connect with you and say hello and tell you how much we appreciate you. It's it's great. We uh, see the numbers, and uh, we know you're there. So thanks for listening. Tony, what's been up this week? So let me see. Ooh. We're already at the halfway point in September. Man. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's September's flying by, which is fine because um – We've got some an exciting trip coming up here pretty soon, you and I, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah. It's going to. Uh, I want to get out and dig. Essentially, right, right. <laughs> we haven't been digging here in Colorado. No. So we might as well go to another state and dig. <laughs> yeah, we, 
to get to dig, we got to go all the way to another state. That's coming. That's next week, isn't it? Next weekend. It is next week. I looked at the calendar. I said, <laughs> "Wait a minute, this is next Thursday," which is good because it means I only have a three day work week next week. So that's true. Finishing out this week is shouldn't be so bad. But tell yeah, tell everyone where we're going. Where, where are we heading? We're actually heading to Oklahoma for the uh, Oklahoma Land Rush Detecting Weekend. And Relics Radio will be out there September 23rd through the 25th in McAllister, Oklahoma. We're all going to file over to the Expo Center Fairgrounds. Uh, It's three days of digging, a lot of fun, a lot of people, a lot of uh, uh, really good detectorists are going to show up. We've kind of got a little bit... A little bit of a peek at the guest list, and uh, there'll be some fun people over there. I'm, I'm looking forward to it uh, yeah. a lot. I heard from John today. They're actually running out of tickets, so if you want to get tickets, uh, feel free. I think they're like down to another 20 left, something like that. Uh, so, yeah, you want to get together with some great people, have a good time. They've got a lot of stuff planned. They got The guy was telling about the food today. You know me, I'm all about the food, and... Uh, we were talking about, you know, and they were talking about brisket and, and, and different, a lot of, uh, a lot of barbecue stuff. And, um, boy, I'm looking forward to that. There's like uh, a, uh, kind of a social gathering thing, uh, Friday night. And then also a night hunt. That's kind of cool. They got a night hunt going on. And <clears throat> I think Tony just posted the links down below in the chat. Um, but if you search, uh, Oklahoma land rush, you should be able to find it for sure. It's going to be a good time. Join us out there. If you're there, if you're going, come on by and say hello to Tony and myself. We'd love to meet you. And beat you in some cornhole. <laughs> That's right. We're throwing down all challenges ta- to cornhole. We're, we're talking this thing up. We're, we're going to either look like the fool or look like we are walking on water. I tell you what. Well, you know who I'm leaning on. You're going to have to carry me. I can talk the game, but you're going to have to bring the game. All right, hold my beer. All right. <laughs> Tony wiped the floor with me one time, so I'm going to talk a big game about him. So, who's in the chat? Dude, we've got the uh, the regular group of people over here that always grace us with their presence. We had detecting addicts coming in saying, hey, y'all, we got this guy called Marquini Cricket. Hmm. I don't know who that guy is. Hmm. Never seen him before. Lewis Bean from Canada. <clears throat> Lewis is becoming quite the regular over here with the show. It's good to see you, yeah, Lewis. Good to see you, Lewis, yeah. That Marquini uh, Cricket, I, I think he's uh, yeah. Jiminy's, um, Jiminy's, Jiminy's cousin. cousin or something like that, I think. Yeah, yeah. on his mom's side, I think. They yeah. look, oh, yeah, yeah. Marquini yeah. Cricket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ohio Relic Hunters checking in, Ohio, uh, evening all. And uh, who else we got jumping in? Ill Digger. Yeah. Ill Digger's here. He is. Tim, hey, so, how's it going? We are talking about Tim a little bit ago. Maybe we can, uh, I'm sure he's here to... To get the scoop on all the best hunting sites in England, <laughs> I think he was just there. Oh, either just it? there or just, just there going. I golf? wasn't straight on his dates, but I think he just got back. We'll know. have to talk to him. I'm sure he'll call in. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Right, right, yeah. Yep. The bills Anybody are here. Help? Yeah, good to see the uh, 5280 bills, guy, yeah. 5280 Adventures guy is here. Yep. Uh, and Barb's here. Like, wait a minute, isn't Barb on live tonight with uh, Treasure Tales? She's supposed to be. Yeah, what are you doing here, Barb? Oh, she just came in and hit the like button. She's on Treasure Tales in 26 minutes. There you go. Oh. Barb, good to see you. Good luck on your show tonight. Have a good time. Those guys are great. You'll have a you'll have a good time. So Oh boy. Yeah. Awesome. So we had uh, um Coin Huna. We did. And people are probably Eureka wondering Treasure what, Hunting what Coin Club. Huna is. Yeah. yeah. Eureka Treasure Hunting Club had uh their annual Coin Huna event. Tell them about uh, what that means. What's a Coin Huna? Coin Huna is the yearly event that the club puts on. It doesn't cost the members anything to join. 
And it's sort of a competition to find out who the best of the best of the best is. So they put this uh, event on, and there's uh, you know four or five different heats, and each heat has a different uh, description of what you're supposed to find in the ground that's pre-planted, and then certain you know like twenty people were reduced down to you know ten, down to six, down to three, and then you have a winner at that point. So there's all these different heats. It reduces every time, and uh, it's a lot of fun. We go out there and have a good time. But whoever is the whoever is crowned the coin huna. Um, you know, gets a special vest saying Coin Hoon on. You're supposed to bow to the person every time they walk by. There's all these, you know, <laughs> tongue in cheek kind of uh, rules that go along with uh, being around a Coin Huna. And it really is just bragging rights and uh, a good time for everyone to get, usually give the Coin Huna a bad time. But um, well, you said it, it, it's to figure out who the best is. So obviously, <laughs> we know you and I are in the club here. Yeah. So how far did how far did you make it? Um, so there was about forty people out there. And you had to find, I think it was like, I don't know, one of seven uh, barber quarters that were planted amongst 450 to 500 other targets. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, I think you and I both discriminated down. And, yes, we uh, did. <laughs> and then you ignored all that. That's the highest I've ever had my discrimination, man. It went up to 80. That's the highest it went. Flicked it all the way yeah, up there. And I was just running because I had fast recovery speed. I was running and... Uh, yeah, I, it was over in a matter of a couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you, yeah, you and me both. Yeah, we, we sitting got on sideline watch watching the rest of the <laughs> two and a half by. hours of watching all the rest of the <laughs> members dig. Uh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, I That's took it. off. I went to go hit the trees, and you know we were in a park, so I went over and did some detecting around the trees and over by the playground and some basketball courts. There, kind of hit and didn't find anything, but. Uh, Another person found a ring. They found a ring out that park. So, oh, nice! I did get a chance it's to a swing a little bit. Yeah, little bit. it was a good time. We did crown a new, a new, uh, brand new, never before brand winning coin huna, a brand new member to the club. So, yeah. uh, that's awesome. Yeah, he had a vanquish. He was swinging a vanquish. So, right. I think that would be the first time a vanquish has ever won that event. Right. You won one year. You the coin huna one year. What two years ago? Right. 2019 was uh, was a good year for me. Yeah. So you got to picture this. Everyone's out there, right? Everyone's out there with their detectors on. A lot of a lot of detectors in our club. A lot of the older detectors. A lot of them have those Bigfoot coils. They're like two feet long and they're rectangle, right? So um, yeah, it, just these huge re- rectangle Bigfoot coils. If you've ever seen them, they're they're obnoxious. But and everyone else has their you know large coils on. They're trying to cover as much ground as possible. And Tony goes out there with a little 5 by 8 coil <laughs> and absolutely just crushed it. Why? Because he could swing faster than the rest of us. That's right. And he absolutely crushed it, man. So congratulations again. That was a great year. That was a great That was a great was contest. A yeah. 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 It worked out. Trying to get back there again. I didn't like bowing down to you all year, but um, well, that was all right. <laughs> Bill said he hopes I lowered my disc for hit the trees. You gotta to put it on all metal mode. <laughs> That's why I you went. did funny things. You forgot. <laughs> right, I forgot. Shoot. I didn't hear anything over here. <laughs> there was nothing. It was quiet. Shoot. Yeah, we tried a new strategy. We both tried to discriminate all the way up just to try to find the corner, uh just d- discriminate out all uh all other coins that are sitting there and uh didn't pay off for us, but you know what? It was all right. Yeah. I came home with a pocket full of coins after uh, you know we after we got finished up. They said, "Okay, everybody can go back in the hunt fields and uh, clean it all up." Out of all the coins that weren't found, I came home with a, a bag full of coins. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> yeah, I think I went and grabbed like ten ten silver dimes and uh, yeah, a couple yeah, Indian pennies of, and uh, 
I got a mess of Mercs, a uh, bunch of Wheaties, a uh, whole. I had a whole. I, pre- I bet I had fifteen uh, uh, War nickels. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put a bunch of them so, out there, didn't I? Mm. It was good. It was a fun time. Yep, yep. So hey, we got another trip coming up too in the springtime of next year, and it kind of ties into tonight's show. You want to you want to go ahead and bring our guest on, and we'll get to talking about England, boy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you've ever wanted to go to England, maybe you've never been, or maybe you've been before, maybe you just you, it's a dream trip for you, you would love to go sometime, tonight's guest is going to be able to uh, to answer some questions for us. Um, go ahead and bring them on. Yeah, tonight we are very blessed to speak to uh, a guru about detecting over in England and uh, uh, kind of pick his brain and, and tell us where all the hotspots are. But this guy knows what's going on over in England, <laughs> Mr. Buddy Webb from GeorgiaBuddy.com. Welcome, well, welcome to Rolex Radio. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Hey, buddy. Well, hey, everyone. Glad y'all could uh, have me on this evening. Yeah, glad you could give us Thanks. some of your time. Yeah, I was absolutely happy. I was happy when you said you'd be able to do it for sure because, uh, shoot, I mean, <clears throat> we could just get you on the phone and talk off the podcast and talk all about England. Tony and I are excited to take our trip with you. Yes. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it myself. It's been. Uh, been a little bit of a dry spell for uh, me going to England it's been, uh, since 2020, actually. Uh, so I'm looking forward to going this fall and and definitely again this spring coming up with uh, with y'all. Wow, 2020, boy! I bet you you are itching because you used to go, you used to go almost every year, would you? For for a while, right? Uh, yeah, we we do uh, two trips every year, generally spring and fall. Um, I was just looking back over some of my notes. I said, so far, I've done 24 trips uh, to what? England <laughs> since Holy I started. Holy uh, In almost 200 uh, full days of detecting over there. <laughs> wow. That's wow. amazing. Wow, wow. That is amazing. Like, I can't even imagine, you know. So when Tony said you were the guru, I was going to give you a bad time about that. But, boy, you you are a guru, man. You, there's probably not much you don't know about, you know, to, to advise somebody if they want to get over there and do some digging. Well, there, I mean, I, I, I definitely don't know everything about it, but I try and study up. I said, um, you know, uh, Chris, who puts on our hunts and stuff, has a fantastic website and forum, which is a just a wealth of of knowledge and you know i spend a lot of time studying you know the posts that he puts on there you know where finds are made and makes notes of it and you know waypoints in the gps to really track things down so 
I, I try and make it where you know when when our group goes that you know we're we're hunting some of the most productive spots that you know that we can. So that definitely you know definitely pays to do a little homework beforehand. Well, yeah. twenty four times over there. Are there any pull tabs left? <laughs> um, I don't know I'm about just pull tabs, but now shotgun shells uh, <laughs> or we you know, call them down here locally in our uh, part of Georgia. You know, they're the 12th Georgia Regiment buttons that, you know, are evidently very modern, too. <laughs> yeah, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of uh, anti-aircraft flack. That's about the only yeah. trash. The only other trash I yeah. saw. So I got to let everyone know that I went with Buddy's last trip in 2020. I was with him on that trip. We went... Uh, with the Dirty Dozen, we had a bunch of uh, YouTubers that went with us. Brandon, I saw Brandon Breshers come in. He was with us. Um, a number of others, too. But I was with Buddy on that trip, and I think the you know, everyone always asks you, like, do you get much trash over there? You know, and I was like, you know the trashiest place we went was this place behind a McDonald's one time. It was a field. They found stuff out there before, and I don't know if you remember that field, but we went there. And it was behind some kind of McDonald's, and uh, yeah, it was pretty trashy. And we just kind of, we just kind of got out of there. Yeah, lot lots of trash there. But in amongst that trash, uh, my first Celtic gold quarter stater came from about uh, maybe a hundred yards from that McDonald's. Oh site. my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. And we hunted so that hard. Story with we, you know we we pulled up there to to hunt the field and. Uh, it was so cold. Uh, and one of the other guys says, "Hey, we're we're going to get us a cup of coffee." You know, everybody else takes off all the way across the field. We go in, get a cup of coffee and a sandwich, and come back out and you know grab our detectors, turn them on, walk out like the third target on the field was a quarter stater. So, I mean, <laughs> I can't say that it was uh, all being a guru at the time. That had a lot of luck to do with it. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my goodness. I'll take Since some then, I found a, uh, a full Celtic Gold Stater on that field uh, back in 2019. Oh, my gosh. And I said, just learned that I actually will be getting that one back, where the first one the museum bought because uh, it fell into the Treasure Act as a hoard, but this last one they disclaimed. Uh, so I actually will get this one back. So I was looking forward to this trip Good over man. to pick that one. For those listening, explain disclaimed. Okay. Um I mean, we'll get into the whole thing about what you do with your finds, but just the just the disclaim part. Oh, okay. Yes, the disclaimed, uh, you know, is when, you know, an item falls under the Treasure Act, which the Treasure Act over in England is fantastic. Um, anything over uh, 350 years old that is more than 10% precious metal has to be uh, turned in to be considered uh, treasure by the museum. Uh, if it's a coin, it has to be two or more located in the same vicinity of the same type uh, to be considered a hoard as far as the Treasure Act goes. Well, if the museum deems it as something they would like for the museum, then they actually will get a fair market value on it and purchase it, and then they will pay you and the landowner 50-50 for the, for the find. If not, then they disclaim it, then they are able to give you a uh, disclaimed letter and a... Uh, it's able to go on your export license for you to be able to uh, take the item uh, out of the country, which is which is phenomenal because the main thing is they, they like to record the history. And since this started in 1996, they have actually rewritten part of history to 
know where some of the Celtic tribes, you know, they had never thought they were before, but after finding Celtic coins and things like that, they've, they've been able to, you know, remap history over there. So it's been a been a phenomenal thing. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's pretty cool. Everyone's making uh, fun of the fact that they said <laughs> that uh, they would never associate a McDonald's to digging in digging in England. <laughs> They didn't yeah. think those two things go together, but they have all that stuff over there, and uh, boy, they're all yeah. making fun of. Uh, let me see. I think it was Ohio Relic Hunter that said, uh, "Was that a McCorder stater? <laughs> a McCorder yeah. stater with cheese?" <laughs> yeah, that would that would definitely be a good one because actually the target before that was uh, was actually a dipping sauce, uh, you know, wrapper <laughs> off of uh, that. So yeah. Yeah, that's about as far wide and apart as you can get in right? uh, yeah. in detecting items. One. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I love to tell the story of my first trip to England. I said the first day I arrived there, I met uh, uh, Chris over there, and he, he's like, "Hey, mate," he said, "What's the oldest coin you've ever found in the states?" And I'm like, "Well, I've got about a dozen, you know, King George II coppers, all 1739." And he's like, eh, that's modern stuff. We throw that <laughs> age over here. And I'm like, oh, kind of, you know, kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. And, you know, he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. You're going to find something older. So I'm like, okay, well, it still kind of missed me a little bit. But, you know, once I kind of learned, okay, that's just Chris. But, um, right. you know, start heading across the field, you know, get a target, dig it up, uh, shotgun shell. Hey, we got them in the state. No problem. Throw it in my pouch. Go a little bit further, get another good signal, dig it up. It's a musket ball. Hey, I, you know, we've got those, you yeah. know, no, no big deal there. And I'll keep going a little further, you know, get another signal, dig it up. It's this little small coin, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, I, you know, it's a coin, but I have no clue what it is. So I hollered one of the, the guys that had been there before, and he's, uh, you know, he comes over to look at it. And I said, hey, I got a coin here. I don't know what it is, but, you know, is it a good one? And he looks at it, and he goes, holy <laughs> and um you know it's a roman silver you know so it was identified as you know first century roman silver coin so oh my, my first God. in england was 2000 years old oh so my goodness <laughs> get back up to Chris and he goes yeah told you <laughs> yep told you <laughs> sign me up for that then and that was your first trip yeah. there wow yeah that was that was my first trip there i think back in uh 2013 2014 i guess wow uh, but I said, just just amazing the history over there. I said, you know, you can go from a, you know, from a uh, dipping sauce wrapper that's you know probably a few <laughs> days old that got blown out through the field till you know to a quarter stater that's you know between ten to forty A.D. is the time frame on it. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, we didn't find too much trash. I think once we left that site, uh, the trash was pretty few and far between. You know, you get the farm scrap, you get the iron here and there, but. Uh, mm. Yeah, uh, you know, not a lot of those but, foil dipping sauces, except for near that McDonald's. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, sure. I said, buttons are, I guess, would be probably the closest thing we would, you know, that they would have the pull tabs over there. Just buttons are, are just everywhere, and it's amazing, you know, how many buttons are found on the field. And then once it's, you know, it's been plowed for, you know, a planting season and, you know, everything's turned over again, and we get to hunt fields again, and it's it's like you've never been on the field before. It's just, you know, buttons That's here, amazing. greenies, 
all kinds of targets. Just amazing. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing yeah. that that kind of stuff happens like that. It just continues over. I mean, 24 times that you've been there, and you're still you still go to the same spots every time, or are kind of different fields? Well, we we have uh, such a variety of land to choose from. I mean, I mean, we have fields that I've never even been on, uh, just due to uh, you know the crops were in them at the time, or you know it's just unhuntable, you know, due to situation, or you know there was other fields that were in, in you know in better conditions to hunt and things like that. So, uh, you know, probably around fifteen thousand acres, I guess, is probably the total that. You know, we have permission to hunt, so it's when you get there, it's like, okay, yeah, I want to hunt this field. Okay, well, I want to hunt that one over there. Well, that one's, you know, it's half a mile across to get to that field, and then, <laughs> you know, the field over, you know, well, that's another half a mile. So, <laughs> yeah, you uh, you kind of just run around, and then you finally come to the conclusion, hey, I need to go where things have found, have been yeah. found, and 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 hunt there. It's a good example as we've had. Uh, you know, some folks this spring went on to one of the first horde fields that, uh, you know, was ever found, you know, by the club was, uh, was Eddie DeMora's Stater horde, uh, probably a, close to 20 years ago. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good. And, you know, it's one of these fields that, you know, they, they drove by. It had been plowed and rolled. Everybody says, man, it's great. Let's jump out and hunt this field and... You know, there was, you know, a, a full stater found there. And then about two days later, another bunch comes back. And they said, hey, we're going to go hunt it. Another one's found. I mean, so you just, it's never really hunted out. I said, that's the, the thing about it, the way the plow turns things so much. I said, it's amazing. Yeah, because it plows deep. And those plows plow deep over yeah. there. They, they do a lot of rotational plowing. Some years it's a it's a real shallow plow due to whatever crops they're going to do. And then you know the next year it may be you know a deep plow. They're putting in potatoes or uh, I mean it's just so you it's it's like kind of you know pulling an arm on a slot machine. You just don't never know what spin's going to stop. You know? and I said you can always you know hit the jackpot no matter what. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and he's always adding fields too. Like I think the year we went, he had just added a new field he had been trying to get. That actually had a Roman tumulus on it, or a Roman burial mound, and um, <clears throat> he had been trying to get that. And I think we were the first group on that field, and, or maybe there was one group before us. Anyways, we went over there and uh, we did pretty good on that field. I think there was a number of hammers found, at least on that front field. And then uh, Kevin and I went to the back field. We didn't do so well until we got up near the creek, and then uh, 
we started finding some stuff. I know Preacher Digger went back there and he found a bunch of good stuff. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And uh, the amount of land is when I think back on my trip, the amount of land is what stands out even beyond the finds. Was it overwhelmed you how much land you guys were offering us up to, to hunt? You know, I mean, it right. wasn't it wasn't necessarily predetermined like. Chris talked to the farmers and he got what fields were available because of crops and everything. And it would be like, Hey, okay, uh, where are we going to take these guys? Let's take today. Let's take them here, here and here and there. And then you guys make it. Do you want to, I mean, one time we were driving in the vans, we're driving down a road and I'm not kidding. Each one of these fields we're talking about probably a couple hundred acres, if not 300 acres. And as we're driving down the road, I think Jimbo was driving. He said, okay, we have this field on the left which is about as far as the eye could see. We have the field behind it, and then we have two fields up in front of it. And then on the right side, we got those two fields, three fields up in front of that, and then you kept driving another <laughs> mile. And you go, we also have these three fields and that field up over there and this field. I mean, I, where do you go? Like you, you, you park, and you're like, okay, do I hike or do I just start swinging? Most people just start swinging. And what's cool is that they know the history of all these fields, so they could tell you things that have been found. So, like, they would be saying, yeah, a lot of Romans found on this field. A lot of Roman coins on this field. They find a lot of gold on this field. They found a ton of, uh, you know, hammered silvers on this field. This field used to have a pub on it, so they find a lot of coins on this field. And, you know, just the history of not only what was there, but what they find there over the years. And since it's plowed up, things are renewing much like a beach you know it's constantly replenishing so uh, it was so exciting man because of that because you just never knew you know every every tone could be something amazing just like here but over there you know you're talking about things that could be a couple of thousand years old you know? <laughs> right wow yeah that that is true i said it's it's amazing the you know some of the lands that the farmers have uh one of the farmers that we have i think from the top of where his property starts um, you know, counting fields going down both sides of this one little little path. Uh, it's like two, almost three miles, you know, from one end to the other. And he has fields like on both sides. And, and the fields are probably, you know, a quarter to a half mile at, at minimum going across, you know, away from the roads. And, you know, and I said, it's one of those that if you started walking and swinging your decker, it would be, it would be dark, you know, by the time you got to the other end of the fields. And I said, that's, that's the thing. Sometimes you just have to, you just have to really go, okay, am I going to concentrate on this one area? And I said, or like say, I'm going to go field hopping and just all over the place. But I said, a little, little, uh, insight to our trips. Usually the barn leader parks real close to where he's thinking is a good spot to hunt because he don't like to walk a whole long distance <laughs> and you know, <laughs> and you know i'm dense man i didn't pick up on that like uh <laughs> i did after a while and, that, and then when i thought back on my trip when i was on the plane i was like you know what no wonder everyone was hanging around buddy <laughs> like they would get out of the van we'd all kind of scatter you know and usually you find the best finds like 10 feet from the van right so everyone's swinging immediately right. and yeah. i started heading this one field and I'm, i noticed i'm kind of out there by myself i look back and there's like you know seven of them all hanging around buddy like directing this area is like what do they know that i don't know and then sure enough i think that's that field that uh, missouri mike found that hammered roman gold 
Mm-hmm. And uh, holy cow! So I learned my lesson. I'm I'm hanging with uh, you and Jimbo. If Jimbo joins us, <laughs> is he coming this this next trip? Jimbo will be with us good. again. Uh, I said uh, this spring for sure. And I said a good a good story is uh, I was telling everybody when we got to you know one field and I told them I said okay I said you're see you're going to see me get out the van I'm going to walk down here I'm going to cross the you know the ditch into the field I'm going to walk all the way across this one field, all the way across the other field, and then I'm going to start hunting. So that's where you need to go. Well, Seth and Brandon definitely took off with me, and (laughs) needless to say, both of them popped Celtic golds that morning from the area that we were hunting. And I said, you know, I knew that if we got a group over there, you know, someone was going to, you know, going to find something because it's just, an area that's you know there's coins have been found there and i said you know you get enough you know coals swinging over it i said you know somebody's gonna walk over one because it's just too much area to try and cover yourself i said you can get out there and you know you can work a grid pattern across the field and you know you make about three passes across the field and you know you spent uh you know 35 minutes doing that (laughs) so (laughs) i said the more the more folks out there, the better. And I said, you know, one thing about it is we all carry radios. So if I get on the radio and holler, hey, I found something, or y'all see where I'm at, you know, this is a good spot. Come hunt here. I said, you know, because we want the group to do good. I said, because, I mean, you know, for me to watch someone, you know, find their, you know, first, you know, whatever, Celtic gold coin or, you know, uh, hammered coin or, just a uh, Roman silver or Roman bronze, you know, something that's a bucket lister for them. I mean, you know, me watching them find it is, is as good as me finding it. So that just, you know, that makes me, you know, feel really good to see, uh, you know, see folks, you know, find things that, you know, that it was on their bucket list to find when they go over there. Yep. Crazy. And I've got to redeem myself because I really wanted to find. There was a few things I really hoped I'd find, and they really didn't have any expectations. But I really hoped I would find a few different things. And uh, I, one of them was a hammered hammered silver, and I I did not find a hammered silver. I was one of two people that didn't find a hammered silver. Everyone else did. So I'm gonna have to redeem myself this uh, this next trip for sure. But I did find Roman. I did find some real early uh, silvers, uh, you know, milled silvers, and. Um, you know all kinds of other cool stuff and had a blast and just was amazed at where i was standing i think tim said early in the chat you just stand there in the middle of the field and you just you just can't believe that you're where you're at you know in the history that it's seen and then start you know you're pulling things people are the other people pulling things some of those those gold cufflinks came up i think we pulled like nine pieces of gold out that weekend or that week that was uh that was crazy crazy trip but jeez Hey, buddy, yeah, that, you, you mentioned that, a barn leader. What's a barn leader? Well, the the barn leader, you know, the way they do the hunts is, you know, there's an option where um, you can go over and you can stay in a hotel, be picked up by a van and uh, driven around, you know, to dropped off in the fields, picked up at lunch and, you know, for things I'd have to change. But a barn leader basically is, you know, one of the senior members in the club that uh, that has been asked to, basically kind of be a tour guide to to speak of that so i'm usually the one that that drives the van and kind of you know gets everybody rounded up to you know to go where we want to go and kind of i'll throw out you know some spots that 
you know, these are some that's been, you know, I guess are good for the time that we're there because of, you know, there's no crops in them or they've been, you know, plowed and rolled so the conditions are good for hunting, easy digging, and uh, just to trying to, you know, help out with everybody else to, you know, to have a good trip and all, too. And I said, I guess I've been a barn leader for, I guess, about four years now, five years. And I said, it's been, you know, been been a lot of fun. I said, you know, going with the group to start with, um, you know, it's been really good, uh, you know, for me to kind of learn things. And then, you know, being the barn leader, you know, makes it, uh, you know, just like I say, it's a lot of fun, you know, to just to take a group of guys, especially ones that haven't been over to England, you know, to get out there and just, uh, you know, have a great trip. You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing because, you know, I want to see everybody find things. I said, you know, definitely want to see our, our group as a whole, you know, find lots, lots of things and, you know, really just try and help out, and, you know, any way I can to, you know, help people either, you know, be it, you know, settings on their detectors or, or locations or just, you know, whichever, uh, you know, kind of, you know, help or ideas they need. So that really makes it, uh, you know, worthwhile to me to, you know, to kind of be the barn leader and go. And I said, you know, especially, especially with new folks. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like a good, uh, a good, good idea there. <clears throat> yeah. You, uh, See a comment that came in from Tim. Tim thought another definition. What did he say? Uh, he said barn leaders equal just a squirrel wrangler. Yeah. <laughs> uh, world and a few other animals at times, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's sure. So, but I said, yeah, it's, it, and it's kind of funny because it, it, you know, a lot of people, you know, when I tell them, hey, we're going to be staying at the barn. And they're kind of like, are we really going to be staying in a barn? Right. <laughs> but uh, what it is is it's amazing over there uh, that they they do not tear down a lot of old buildings just to for the sake of let's tear it down and you know put something new up. They if they can structurally save a building, a lot of times the farmers will take the old barns and you know convert them into like a bed and breakfast or uh, you know, into a VRBO, uh, I guess would be the, the word for here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they really make nice accommodations. Uh, so the one uh, that we stay at actually has, uh, let's see, I think it's five five accommodations in it. So if we have two groups, we get the whole entire place to ourselves. There's like five, you know, five kitchens and, you know, and everything. So it really makes it nice. So everybody's kind of got their own little space. But then we got you know, a big area where we can all get together, sit around and, um, you know, enjoy a, uh, let's say a cold beverage or, you know, a spot of tea, um, and just reminisce about the day or, you know, talk stories of, you know, other detecting stories. So it's just uh, a lot of camaraderie. So the barns really, you know, really make it a nice thing other than where if you're in a motel where, you know, get done, everybody kind of goes back to their motel and gets a shower and sits down. You don't see anybody till the next morning. So I said, you know, the barn ice there. So, you know, barns kind of throw. Uh, they do, yeah. Out, so. Yeah, I was going to say I was talking to a guy at my uh, detecting club, and 
was kind of telling him, he's like, well, where in England are you going? I said, Colchester. And he, he did. He brought that up. He said, oh, was that that place where they put you in a bunch of barns? And he kind of wrinkled his <laughs> nose. And I said, uh, yeah, yep. yeah, we stay in some barns. I go, but no, I mean, it, it was absolutely wonderful. Like, you know, the accommodations I was in was, you know, everyone, everyone, there wasn't a single complaint. They were done very nicely. It was like a little apartment we were living in. And, you know, like they had a courtyard with a barbecue pit and, you know, whatever you you can hang out there. And we had some weather, so none of us was really doing that. But they've got it there. They've got a swim pool there. they got all kinds of stuff if the weather's permitting, you know, and if it's open. Um, but very accommodating. You just feel like you're on this nice country farm in these guest quarters, like on a nice little, you know, estate. Like it was, it was really it was really wonderful. Like I was really impressed. So whenever somebody says that to me, I go, you're taking the word barn too literally. Now, maybe they used to be barns a long time ago, but they're, they're not (laughs) barns anymore. Like they're full on, you know, Airbnb type, uh, you know, nicely furnished and, you know, heated and and everything just great. So tell you gotta uh, check your sources. you You were talking about those barns last time when you went and you had sent me pictures of it and stuff like that. And then you, you know, just like on the website or showing me what they look like, and then you sent me pictures from when you were there. It blew my mind the accommodations that you were, you guys were staying in. It was, it was something I didn't even imagine. You know, but it's that whole thing. You know, oh, you're gonna stay in the barn. <laughs> right. um, yeah, yeah, not even close. This is my corner of the hay over here. I, I made right, sure I right. <laughs> I gathered up a bunch of this alfalfa. You know, made a nice cushy bed. No, it was. Uh, yeah. The cows out today, you know. Yeah, no, it was nice. It was real nice. We uh, were very comfortable. There was three uh, three of us staying in that uh, in that front little apartment. It was um, it was great. It was just perfect. You know, we all took turns with the shower. There was plenty of hot water. Uh, you know, the kitchenette upstairs. We had breakfast and some dinners up there. You know, the three of us that were kind of staying in this little pod and, um, you know, when we weren't going out. Sometimes we'd go out to this, like, what do they call them, buddy? What are those fast food places called? When I say fast food, everyone thinks McDonald's, but it, it was oh, kind of uh, a to-go uh, restaurant, right? Yeah, takeaway. Yeah, takeaway. Takeaway. That one out, too. But, yeah, right down the road from where we normally stay, there's a fantastic takeaway that – uh I mean, he he even has southern fried chicken. And <laughs> he does, yeah. I've, some of the guys have, and they said, wow, it's just like, you know, good old southern fried chicken like you would get in the States. And, uh, let's see, what does he have? He has like kebabs, the, uh, and he has, like, he, uh, all kinds of different things, man. Just, just an amazing assortment. And, I mean, the food's always fantastic. Yeah. And I uh, said, so just. You know, there's, you know, some of the pubs you go to, you know, you go in, you know, they'll have the, you know, traditional pub foods, the shepherd pie and the hunter's chicken and, and, and things like that. So, you know, that makes for a good night to go out and go to the pub. And I said, one of, one of my favorite pubs is, uh, that we go to, or it's kind of a restaurant pub. It's the old courthouse inn. And I said, I'll love to go in there and usually I will, pick out one of the, the folks that hasn't been, and I'll say, hey, go over there and ask the bartender how old this building is. <laughs> Which, unbeknownst to them, the you know the owner is the bartender, and he kind of knows the little routine, so he always looks up and goes, hey, mate, he says, he says, 
this place is older than your country. <laughs> the, the, the building was a pub in 1715 and still is. So how? It, how does that? A, I can't even understand that. Yes, yes, and, and I mean the exposed beams. Uh, yeah. it's, it's the architecture is just amazing to know that you're going into a building that was a pub in 1750 and still is. Well, it's, it's funny is, uh, I mean, my, my wife knows the routine now, but everywhere we're driving around or going into different buildings and things like that, I'm always, you know, looking at the at the architecture of it or explaining to her, you know, I feel like it's from this era because of this particular, uh, you know, uh, feature of it and things like that. And, I, I mean, being able to walk into a pub from 1750, because I've never even hunted in the, in the the on the East Coast either. Going back to you know Boston or something like that, and or Philadelphia, or, you know, um, seeing you know the older buildings back there, I, I just can't wrap my head around it. So, seventeen fifteen pub, I just don't even don't even know. I'll be in awe. Yeah. Ohio relic hunter in the chat said he saw some exposed beams when he was in Vegas, and they were about twenty three years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, Is that the pub, uh, buddy? You're talking about that. Um, I don't know if you remember or not, but we had uh, David Rose with us and Nugget Noggin, and they got those real fruity, frilly uh, milkshakes with all the <laughs> – is that the same pub you're talking about? Uh, no, that one uh, – I was trying to think of the name of that one. That was a different pub that we went to. Um, oh, geez, the, the name has slipped me on that one. But, yeah, that was that was definitely a good one to go to also. And, yeah. Yeah, I was I was impressed. The food was, uh, you know, food was wonderful everywhere we went. And I I really appreciated us all getting out and going out to eat together, and uh, yeah. and and going someplace different all the time. I think the the Indian food place, which England is known for its Indian food, but I think that was the only place that missed a little bit. You know what I mean? And you know, yeah. it's just you're taking a shot, and uh, yeah, you know, I ate a lot of Indian food here, and yeah, I wasn't too impressed with that. But boy, we sure had fun at that restaurant, though. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yes, yeah. That, like I said, that's that's a lot of the fun is to you know just go out with the with the group and you know go to the pub and just you know enjoy the you know the atmosphere because you know one of the things there usually when you know the the locals hear that you have a uh, foreign accent and they go oh that's an American they just generally become very curious and want to speak to you they're very hospitable. And I said, that's that's the thing that I've I've really enjoyed just going to the different pubs and you know you know going back twice a year and you know you walk in and they remember you by name. I mean that's mm. <laughs> that's pretty. And I said, just lots of lots of good times going out to the different pubs and things. And I said, you know some of the some of the good stories comes from the pubs. I said, but uh, <laughs> I believe in England sometimes, but uh, yeah. but other. Yeah, we, we have great times, you know, as groups going out. And I said, then, you know, just to see, you know, the, the local, the little villages, I said, which is amazing driving around. Um, you, you know, you go for a couple of miles and then you run into a little village and, you, you know, you look at the houses and they're just, you know, within just a few feet of the road. Um, you know, they're side by side together. Uh, and then it's like you blink your eye and go, oh, I'm out of this village, and it's back to farm fields again. And, and yeah. I said, that kind of ties in with driving over there. It's a little little different being able to 
uh, drive on the uh, left side of the road. <laughs> the wrong side of the road. <laughs> we, wrong side of the road. Correct. Not the wrong side. The, yeah. So it's the left side of the road. And I said, uh, knowing that these uh, roads were actually designed for horse and buggy and right. pretty much you probably couldn't have passed a horse and buggy on them at times either. And, you know, when you're driving a van full of guys around, then, uh, you know, your mirrors are scraping the hedgerows. I said, it's, uh, gets a little interesting. <laughs> sure does. Yeah. I learned on our trip. Yeah. You could even drive in the ditches there. Like it, um, yeah, I heard the ditches are nice. They're nice. Yeah. They're not, yeah. they're not too deep. <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, yeah. they'll cushion your fall. They, would it be? The inch or two of the, uh, of the uh, uh, asphalt, for sure. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, that was a fun trip, for sure. Well, hey, let's get into some of the details of this. I know a lot of people have been listening and probably wondering, kind of, like, um, like, tell us, like, tell us about the trip. Like, what usually happens? Like, how do people get around? Where do they stay? How long can they detect? Where can they detect? That kind of stuff. Like, you talked about where people stay, usually these barns and stuff. But, like, give us a breakdown of a typical trip. Like, I, I'm going on this trip, and I'm looking forward to going. Tell me what's going to happen when I get into London. Well, the this trip, you know, will be doing a little bit different than the last trip, Um you know, we've kind of found out that it makes it a little easier if we just pick everyone up at the airport when they arrive. And, you know, we all hop in the van and we take the, the trip to Colchester. And then, you know, we go to the barn for that first night, uh, you know, where I think before most folks, you know, flew in and, you know, stayed a, a night in the hotel at London. And, you know, we've just come to the conclusion it's just a little easier to, you know, kind of grab everyone once they get there and pack things up and go to the barn and, you know, get ready, get, uh, you know, just a little grocery run to get some, you know, groceries to stock everything up and, you know, get our detectors together and charged up and, you know, ready to go, kind of talk about the, you know, the fields that we're going to be able to hunt. And then, you know, first thing that next morning, we kind of, you know, we've made our decision where we're going and, it's time to go do some detecting. And, and I said, when that starts, it's, uh, it's long hours of detecting. I said, you know, it's, it's a detecting holiday because, uh, you know, we usually start, you know, depending on when, you know, good light is and we'll hunt till lunchtime, take a break for, you know, for lunch. And then, you know, if we decide we want to change to a different area, you know, if it's the, if it's the same farmer, we could always hunt, you know, his fields because we kind of, you know, break things down into half a day things. So if we hunt one farmer's field, you know, for half a day, then, you know, if we decide to change and we go to another farmer's fields, then, you know, we always do that at a lunch break instead of, you know, doing that. And, um, you know, then we take our break for lunch and make our minds up whether we're going to stay there or try some other places and, then we head, uh, you know, head out hunting again, and usually everyone who, you know, is hunting, we kind of, you know, come up with the time that we want to stop hunting. Which some guys bring their headlight and go, "Hey, just leave me here." But uh, <laughs> that, that gets a little tiresome after, you know, after that first day. Yes, and uh, I said because generally, you know, we we spend at least ten hours, sometimes a little longer, just depending on the, you know, the light conditions and. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, definitely some uh, 
long days in the fields, but you know, whenever you get out there and you look down at your watch and you go, Oh dang, it's lunchtime. You, you, you feel like you've been there 15 minutes. And I said, it's, uh, you know, pretty good. And I said, then usually by the afternoon, after you've dug, you know, 200, 250 targets in a day, <laughs> kind of like, Hey, I think I'm ready to go get a shower and, and something to eat and sit down for a little while. So <clears throat> we have some folks that, you know, will, you know, find them a nice little spot in the sun if it's cold and lean up against a tree or a fence post and, you know, take them a little cat nap. And I said, then they're back ready to go again. And I said, you know, you kind of make it the, you know, the, the detecting trip that you want to. I said, if you want to, you know, hunt nonstop, I said, you have that option. Or I said, if you want to take a little break, you have that option. And, you know, we usually always have the van, you know, close by where we're hunting. So, I said, you know, you always have the, you know, the van option where you can go back and get out the rain a moment if it's, you know, raining pretty hard or if it's cold, you go warm up a few minutes and then come back out again. So I said, it's really, really a lot of different options for, you know, the way we hunt. And uh, I'm sure you, you, you remember, uh, Ken, how, how it was there a couple of times. It was just extremely cold with the wind blowing and it was very nice just to either find a hedgerow to get behind to hunt and, or go warm your hands up a few minutes and then back at it again. I said, I can remember we, you know, real, real nice, uh, swings of, uh, temperature there, there <laughs> on was, that last yeah. trip. <clears throat> sure was. Yeah. Especially near that, that last part of the day of the, of the trip. It was, it was Biting, biting cold, and that one time it came in on us so quick too that you know I was trying to get my rain gear on and because uh, I didn't go out in it like a dummy, had it in my backpack and I couldn't even do it like it was just nailing me. And but you know, but you know they they had said the field we were on, it was one of those fields where I think y'all said that if you get a target on this field, it's going to be gold. <laughs> right. Like there won't be too many targets, but the good targets you got is it's probably gonna be gold. So we're out there yeah. digging like every single thing. <laughs> Didn't want to leave at all. And I looked up, and I was about one of two or three people in the area I was in. Everyone else was hunkered down in the van, and um, it was like man. And it when when you get back to the van though, it feels so good because everyone's been in there warming it up. You know, with their body heat, and you get in there, and <laughs> everything steams up, and you're just like, yeah, it's just such a relief, but. It is a marathon, I tell you what. If you're, if you're like me, I had the idea where it was like, hey, I, I came all this way, and I don't know how often I'll be able to make it back. I'm, I'm going to go until I drop, and uh, you know, within reason, and trying to look out for my health and stuff. But boy, I tell you what, with ten pounds of weights on with mud on both boots, just trudging along head down so that you know the sleet was coming in sideways sometimes and you're just pushing against the wind blowing against you and but you're loving every minute of it <laughs> you know yeah. uh yeah. it's hard to hard to describe yeah hey yeah, buddy are, hey buddy are the are the hunts always in essex i'm sorry what, what was that Tom? are the hunts always in essex uh, yes, in, in around in the area of uh, Colchester. Yes, that's where we uh, where we hunt at. We have, like I say, the permissions from the different farmers in the area. Um, so that's you know that's where our our groups are. So. And the, I, the, 
the idea behind that is just uh, just a good spot being in, in the Colchester area. What is kind of briefly like? What is the history of that area? Well, well the history of Colchester is is pretty amazing. It's the oldest named city in England, and it was also the uh, Roman capital of England uh, before uh, you know Londinium or London was, but it was. Uh, it was the Roman uh, capital there. The actual uh, Colchester Museum is a Norman castle, uh, <laughs> which was built on top of a Roman temple uh, that Boudicca herself, the Celtic queen, came in and destroyed and ran the uh, Romans out of uh, Colchester. So I said the, uh, the Colchester Museum has a lot of lot of history itself and then you know the area has a lot of roman history a lot of celtic history there was um let's see i want to say about five major celtic tribes that were uh around in the area uh you know where colchester is now that's just a lot of a lot of history there uh i said from you know anywhere from the uh you know prehistoric time the you know the bronze age period all the way up you know to you know the time when the romans were you know in charge of everything to you know after the roman period uh the uh the uh, let's see the uh, saxon period where the saxons were in the area which uh i noticed on the forum that uh there's been uh you know, several Saxon coins found this past week by one of the groups that's over there hunting now, and mm. which very few and far between because there's less Saxon coinage than you know than any of the other you know coinages that you're finding in the areas. So there's a little bit of history. Just a little bit. Just a little bit of history. Yeah. How many buttons over the years do you think you've found, buddy? Uh, uh <laughs> a lot, right? Like it's amazing to me how many buttons you found you find over there. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's amazing, you know, because I I do each each one of my trips. I come back and I put everything for that one trip in one you know display case. And I said I usually only bring uh, back the the buttons that either have uh, you know like a military button uh, from you know from the eighteen hundreds, which those are are really cool to find and you know flat buttons if they have shanks on them or you know dandy buttons or you know just different things like that so i i'm really choosy about what buttons that i bring back and i said it's always amazing that there's you know 200 to 250 buttons generally <laughs> you know in, in each one of these displays along with you know the other bits and pieces that i've kept that i thought were really neat or you know the the hammered coins or roman coins or whatever the other finds are and uh, I said, it's just amazing because I tell people, I said, you know, be prepared to dig because, you, you know, there's days that I, I've actually counted and counted, you know, 200 to 250 targets in a day. Um, you know, so I tell a lot of folks, too, you know, another little trick is to, you know, be as efficient as you can when you get a signal, you know, kind of, you know, do your fast pinpoint, dig it up, grab it, you know. If you can identify it, you know, fine. If not, put it in your pouch. You know, when we get back to the barn at night, you know, we have an area to, you know, to clean our finds up and, you know, lay them all out. And, 
I said, you know, I'll come through and look at stuff and, you know, see what it is. If it's, you know, if it's very interesting things that I see, you know, I will definitely, you know, put them up to the front so, uh, you know, Chris could take a look at them. And, or if it's something that I have no clue what it is, then, you know, I'll put it up there for him to identify. And, you know, I said, that way folks, you know, uh, we tell them don't don't throw anything away until you know, <laughs> has looked at it. Um, you know, a, a good story. One of our guys, you know, comes back on one of the hunts and he says, "I found a tractor part." And, and everybody kind of looked at him. He said, "What do you mean a tractor part?" He said, "Yes, yeah, this thing is." He said, it's, "He said it's John Deere green." You know, so it's got to be a tractor part. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls it out, and you know you know, for where he's cleaned it up, start showing it to everybody. And I kind of look at it, I'm like, that don't look like a tractor part. Well, one of the other guys looks at it, he says, yeah, that's a Roman fibula brooch. <laughs> <laughs> Just that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So I said, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I said, uh, like I say, some of the things, I mean, you know, you can just have a piece of something and, and, and look at it and go, I have no clue what it is and, you know, Chris could look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's part of a medieval purse bar. That's a pot leg or, uh, you know, part of a Roman brooch. Uh, it's, uh, he, is, he is phenomenal with identifying the items and identifying the coins. And, you know, and that's one of the things that's, uh, that, that he's really great at, you know, as far as identifying everything. Because one of the things that he, he does, with, you know, part of our trips is he identifies all of your items, puts them on a... Um, I guess you would call it a grid sheet. So he lays out every item, identifies every item, anything that has to be, uh, you know, turned into the, you know, to the museum to be looked at by the uh, the FLO over there, the field liaison officer or the, or the coroner, as they call it there. Uh, they look at, uh, you know, they look at the items and say, yes, okay, yeah, you know, or no, you know, no, no, you don't need to turn it in. And so he, he does all the paperwork to do an export license. So uh, once, once everything's identified, he, he uh, you know, fills out all the paperwork for you, has everything done, and then, you know, it's just, uh, it, you know, it, it's just phenomenal. When you get this back, you have your pouch of all your things, and there's a, a, a thing with everything laid out on it with a picture of it and number mm-hmm. telling you, uh, you know, the uh, Henry VIII, uh, you know, half penny or this is a you know a second century <laughs> roman bronze i mean it's just just amazing yeah it's exciting well hey buddy we're at the top of the hour we're gonna open up the phone lines right now so if anybody has any questions for buddy give us a call 270-495-0315 uh when you give us a call make sure you do, uh, turn down your audio so we don't get that feedback but uh Give us a call. Ask Buddy some questions about uh, all this information about England. There's, there's a lot out here. Yeah, a lot of information. <clears throat> hey, Ohio Relic Hunter in the chat, Buddy, asked if uh, if you think this upcoming trip will be a little different with the passing of the Queen. Like, is there? Uh, have you heard of any major changes? Do you... You know, I know some friends over there, and they're saying that, you know, the news and everything is just a little... Not really depressed, but kind of more downbeat instead of upbeat and uh what do you think you think uh anything different with the trips now that the queen has passed and ushering in a, a new king yes yeah, as, as far as the you know with the queen passing i said you know everyone over there just just 
salt the world of her. I mean, it's it's amazing that, you know, all my trips over there and talking to people and talking about the queen and not a one of them had a bad word to say about her, which is, is amazing. I said, I wish I could say that about myself, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's not going to happen. But uh, I don't know as far as, as that goes. I don't see it having any effects on our hunts and things. Um, some of the folks that are, are flying over right now to start, you know, their hunt that's coming up week, I said, I'm sure with the ceremonies and everything going on and the, and the funerals and everything, it, it may be very hectic around London, but um, I, I really don't see anything happening. Hoping, hoping the, you know, the inflation, you know, that they're having and the economy problems that they're having over there, you know, kind of like our economy and stuff. I said, um, you know, hopefully that'll keep it on, on kind of even track where, you know, everything stays the same. Um, you know, speaking of that, it's the you know the pound to the U.S. dollar is one of the lowest it's been, and uh, I think they said it was a uh, like forty years that this is the lowest that it's been. And I said I can remember you know some of my trips going, and it was almost two to one as far as two dollars to one pound, and now it's you know almost one to one. So I think the um, you know the economy stuff would, would probably affect things more than you know, than, than the other things, but hopefully, hopefully everything will be great. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Yep. Yeah. I think Bill said that, uh, conversations in the club pubs are probably a little different, you know, but by the time we get over there, you know, everyone fully adjusted and, um, you know, they might have a lot of other stuff to say, but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's a fun time. So if somebody's listening in, they want to, they want to kind of get involved Maybe they've been thinking about taking a trip, but they have no idea where to start. Like, um, you know, what? Uh, where should they start? Like, um, could they contact you over at georgiabuddy.com? Uh, can they see where what trips you have coming up? Uh, any other sites they should visit? Or what, what would you recommend? Yeah, uh, my website has a lot of the information on it. Um, also, my, my Facebook page, uh, Georgia Buddy. Um, and then also my email is buddy at Georgia buddy and that's Georgia all spelled out Georgia buddy.com. Um, you know, they can email me and I can send them the, you know, the detailed information. Um, and as far as upcoming hunts go, we've got, uh, the spring hunt coming up. I've got a few openings, uh, for the first uh, week in March. Um, so if anyone's interested, you know, they can, you know, email me and I can definitely give them, you know, all the information on it. And I said, you know, if they're ready to go, we can, we can definitely get them set up for a, a trip over there for sure. Yeah. I- uh, one of one their, uh, sites, you know, they can look at is the, uh, Colchester treasure hunting site over in the UK, um, trying to see let's see it's uh we've got uh, the link buddy we're putting it in the in the chat and we also pulling it down in the description so if you're listening and you want that link just look down in the description of this podcast and or or just scroll down into the comments of this podcast and tony's posted it in there a couple times so uh yeah we've got that link in there buddy yep that that is uh that is a good site to to check out that is the the main site where uh, you'll see all the club's finds. Uh, you know, he, he's done a fantastic job of, 
you know, sorting all the finds. There's pictures of them. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the most detailed, you know, uh, find site you will, will see. And I said, it's, it's amazing that if you go to Google and you, you type in, uh, for example, Annie DeMaris uh, Stater, uh, you'll more than likely get a link to, uh, you know, the Colchester treasure hunting page that will show you pictures of those staters and give you information about them. It's, it's, it's pretty detailed. And it's amazing that, uh, you know, how many references there is, you know, where people go to that site just for, you know, for reference purposes to see examples of, you know, the different, uh, you know, relics and coins and things. It's ridiculous. It is one of the most amazing yeah. websites I've ever been to. Uh, just amazing. The pictures he's taken, the um, the massive amount that that club has posted to this site, it absolutely boggles the mind. I mean, everything between bale seals that are unique, between gold filigree type <laughs> rings from Celtic gold to you know hammered silvers from Celtic to skeets to figurines to rings to I, I mean it's it's and it's not all just gold. There's like straight up you know archaeological items and artifacts and and all just so much just so much stuff were you you know that little religious figurine that's on the front page was that on one of your trips because that thing fetched a lot of money from what i from what i understand um not on my trip um i think that was found like the year before i started uh going over um and that was a little um it was a pendant, basically, but it was a figurine of, uh, I believe they said, you know, to be St. Saint, Saint John the Baptist, or I think this is what they determined it to be. Gold, probably about an inch and a quarter tall. Um, you know, had a loop on the back for it to hang on a necklace. Uh, Latin inscribed on it. The museum actually bought it. And I think, I think they paid like 27,000 pounds to be split between the uh, the finder and the uh, and the landowner, and I said I've actually seen uh, that statue. It is actually on display at the Colchester Museum, and it, it's just amazing because they said it the condition it was is exactly the way it you know came out the ground. You know, it's just clean the mud off of it, shiny gold. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it right now, and it's, the detail yeah. is just ridiculous. He's he's holding like a scroll of paper, and it's so thin, yeah. and and you know the writing's all scribed on it, still intact and amazing. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's amazing to me to see the the coins and the artifacts, and you know the Celtic coins to see you know how they you know they made the dies and you know and hammered the Celtic golds or the hammered silvers. I said. It's amazing the detail on the coins to know, you know, it had to have taken someone with a very steady hand and, and phenomenal eyesight to to be able to carve the details that said those coins. So. You could just spend so much time scrolling through looking at finds on on this website. It is absolutely incredible the amount of information that's here. Yeah, incredible sight. So is that how it works, buddy? If the museum wants it, they make a fair offer, and uh, the landowner and the finder get to split that. Can they? Can they refuse? Right. Uh, they, they can refuse, um, you know, and ask for a, a reevaluation. Um, so it'll go back out to 
you know, be evaluated again. But if, I mean, pretty much if the museum decides they do own it, I mean, it's they're, they're going to get it one way or the other because, you know, for you to legally take it out of the country, you'll have to have a, you know, an export license to take it. But, uh, but most of the time, like I say, they, they really come up with a good fair, fair market value um, of what the item is. So, you know, you get, um, you know, you get 50%, the landowner gets 50%. Um, in my case with the first, uh, quarter stater that I found, um, I decided I was going to just donate my portion to the museum. So in that case, when it goes on display, it'll actually be, you know, stated in the museum that it was found, uh, by me whilst metal detecting. And then it will also state that I, you know, made the donation to the museum. So they sent me a nice letter with a picture of the item and, you know, thanking me for donating. And I said, it was that, that to me was worth the, you know, what they would have paid in, in, in money. Cause to me, I would rather see it go to the museum and, you know, then put it on display so people can see, you know, the things like that. And, um, we've had one other, uh, Roman coin hoard that, uh, you know, all the groups of us found on one field that has been, um, uh, you know, bought by the museum that'll go on display. And, you know, I did the same thing for that, which the Roman coins, you know, was very few pounds that they were offering for them, but it was a group of them. So, you know, decided to donate that. So have a nice letter for that. And I said, you know, you know, that's something for me to remember it by. And I said, you know, it's really, really good thing to do for the, you know, for the museum. I said, you know, cause they try and, um, you know, put things out on display. And I said, you know, they're, you know, they're not given the, you know, the most amount of money for, you know, to, to, to purchase fines. So they really struggle sometimes, you know, buying stuff. So they have to turn away a lot of things to, uh, you know, because they just don't, don't have the money to purchase them. So they have to sure. disclaim them, you know, yeah. let them go to, to the finder, which is great for the finder. But, you know, you hate to see some, some parts of history lost because, you know, some some detectors they find things and they kind of put them away and no one ever sees it. And uh, you know, I said I, I'm one that you know, if if you look for half a second, I'm gonna go, oh, hang on, let me show you something else. I'm gonna start pulling <laughs> things out. Yeah, I said most of us are that away, but I said it's really nice to see see things on display. Jeez, I'm still scrolling through the gold uh, page. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, just the 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 coins that are from 70 BC. This uh, Marini boat tree Celtic gold uh, quarter stater. Just yep. being able to hold or touch or or even see something like that on the ground would would blow my mind. Yeah, yeah. The the first one that I found was was a Clacton type, and they uh, determined the age on it to be 80 BC. Jeez. And I think the oldest, um, the oldest of the Celtic coins we found, um, which actually Jimbo, the one he found, I think was 110 BC, was what they determined. And it's one of the oldest Celtic coins in, um, you know, that's in, you know, was made in actually England. You know, a lot of them came from Gaul or, or France. You know, over were some older ones. But the oldest Roman silver coin ever uh, recorded being found in England was actually found by one of our club members, um, uh, 
you know, several years back was like 200 and 245 BC, I think was the date on it. Mm. That's just a <laughs> Yeah. So I wonder if Tim's gold ingot on that page. I need to go look through it or ask Tim. I should ask Tim if his is a – there is a gold ingot on, ingot on that page. I don't know if that's yeah. Tim's or not, but Tim, uh, Tim was just on here uh, talking to us about it a couple of weeks ago. But Thompson Tim, I think, is the one who had the ingot, I believe. Um, I would, I, I'm trying to remember because I remember, remember seeing it, and I said it was almost like you know, half of an egg is the <laughs> best mm-hmm. way to describe it. A gold ingot about size of half of an egg. So. Mm, yep. Yeah, I think yeah, he was telling us. I think they finally identified it and such, and uh, you know they're still trying to. They'll they'll now convene a, a group to try to. I think they've said they want it and uh, they want it, and they're going to get a group together to try to figure out what kind of value it has. And I think they came to early Viking age is what they said. So what's that? Just after the Roman period, um, but just amazing. We're sitting here talking about all these fantastical things. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, it's it blows your mind. Blows your mind. Yeah, just I mean, I was just uh, you know looking back over some of the stuff that I've found over the years there, and um, I said it was. You know, to think that I've I've been detecting since probably the late late seventies, excuse me, um, and have never found a gold coin in the U.S. And you know, to go over to England and so far on my trips, I've I've been fortunate enough to find five Celtic gold coins and uh, two, or excuse me, three milled gold coins. Which you know, one was I think seventeen thirty nine. I think King George the second, and then the other two were uh, uh, mid eighteen hundreds uh, Vicky half sovereigns. And I said, you're you're more you have a better chance and ratio to find a Celtic gold than you do a, a milled gold. <laughs> Is amazing there. There's more Celtic golds found than there are uh, milled, you know, at 17 and 1800s, wow. you know, gold. Amazing. That's just amazing. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, I know we've been talking a lot about the uh, the trip and everything, and, and uh, surprisingly, we haven't had the question come up in the chat yet, but we felt that it would be necessary to ask you, um, how much would it be cost? How much would it be costing us uh, to make the trip? And uh, would people need to have all the money up front, or how does all that work? Um, no, normally what we do is we, we take a deposit, um, you know, just just to get your your spot saved, and then, you know, we'll, you know, put a time frame on to, you know, to pay the remainder of it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Our Like our trip for March, uh, the way we, we plan it out, um, I think it's uh, – Seventeen hundred and fifty dollars US, um, and that covers the uh, the van from the airport. Um, you know, to get you to the barn. Uh, you know, the lodging at the barn for the you know for the week. Uh, the hunt fees, which we kind of talked about earlier, which is you know what uh, what it, you know we pay the farmers to you know to have these permissions, and then also uh, to get your export license and all your uh, fines identified and. And things there, and you know, really, the only things that uh, you know is not included in that is the um, 
you know, the airfare to get there. Um, and then, you know, with that option, you know, most of the guys, you know, they, they pay for their own food. So we do a grocery run and, you know, everyone kind of picks out whatever foods they want to, you know, either cook for breakfast and, you know, whatever they want to fix for, you know, to take in the fields for, uh, you know, for lunch, you know, sandwiches and things like that. And then, you know, at night we have options, you know, you can cook at the barn, you know, because, you know, when we do the two groups, we have, like I said, we have five kitchens. So, you know, we have, <laughs> you know, plenty of room to, you know, to cook and stuff. And then we have, uh, you know, pub options for food, uh, the takeaway, uh, you know, restaurants and all things like that. So, you know, really, you know, it, it covers most everything, like I say, other than your airfare and your, and your food. So, uh, and then, you know, if you decide to do any sightseeing and, you know, want to, you know, come in, you know, early, you know, you, you're always, you know, able to come into London early and, you know, go and do some sightseeing there and then meet up with the group. So I said, you know, it's uh, it's definitely very, very affordable when you yeah. do it as a group. So. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, that's that's very affordable. Like, uh, you know, I think last time everything out the door for me was like 3000 from Denver uh, for everything. And... I, well, coming home, I was just like, man, that was so worth it, you know. Like, I didn't know how 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 soon it would be until I could afford it again, but I sure wanted to go the very next uh, the very next year, you know. And then COVID hit, so we couldn't do any of that. But we've been talking about it ever since going back, and um, you know, I'm just I'm really really pleasantly surprised that I, I'll be able to get get to go again in the spring I, i'd really want to go in the fall sometime i really thought my next trip would be in the fall but this came up and i can't pass on it it's like yeah you know we'll go uh we'll go in the springtime again we're going a little bit later than we did last time not you know a couple of weeks maybe uh so i don't know how much that's going to affect the weather but <clears throat> we'll be prepared for it and it should be uh should be a lot of fun for sure so yeah that yeah, the, the fall trips are really good too. I said, uh, I mean, there's been days when we were, we were hunting in t-shirts and this beautiful weather and stuff. I said, but then, you know, it goes from t-shirt one day to, you know, you're putting on your rain gear trying not to freeze the next day. <laughs> but, uh, the, the only real differences in our, our spring hunts and our fall hunts is, uh, uh, some of our, our farmlands are, are, um, basically offline to hunt. Uh, because they do uh, pheasant hunting on some of the properties, so that that's really the only uh, you know thing to do if uh, you know you know between the springs and the fall. So generally, your your spring can be a little little wetter. The fall, like right now, you know they're having an extremely you know dry season over there. So uh, right now, it's pretty pretty tough digging conditions. I said, with you know they definitely need some rain. I said uh, all these. Uh, tropical storms and hurricanes that's been coming over here by the coast of georgia i've kind of tried to do a rain dance and send them towards england because they need the rain we, we've had way too much here so yeah i said yes <laughs> like i say def, definitely different seasons but both both are really good trips so yeah, some people have asked about shovels like how do you get shovels over there and stuff but they provide shovels they provide these uh kind of narrow spade shovels that work so great and they were easy just to drag behind you and uh um so you don't have to pack a shovel really and um 
you know, what kind of other stuff people need to pack? Just a couple detectors and, and, and different clothes for different weather? Yeah, uh, one, of the, one of the things that I always, you know, recommend is, you know, you need a, a couple pairs of, you know, pants that you're going to be, you know, hunting in and, um, you know, some T-shirts and, you know, just your normal wear. Uh, you know, they have a, you know, a washer and dryer at the, uh, at the barn. So if you need to do laundry, you know, you have that option. Um, but like I say, most of the time you can get back is, you know, I found it, uh, you know, rain gear is probably the, you know, the best thing to have. And I said, you know, it's, it, it's worth every penny you spend on good mm-hmm. rain gear. I said, yeah. because. If you don't need it for the rain, it's great for just blocking the wind. You know, if you, you you can put your rain gear on, you know, it can get dirty. You can come back, you can clean it off. You know, your clothes are clean. So, you know, that really helps. Um, you know, waterproof boots, especially in the spring, uh, is something. Or, or the overshoes, you know, the little rubber, you know, overshoes that slip over your boots. Those are fantastic because... Uh, Ken, Ken can tell you sometimes if you get out on a plowed field and it starts to rain, you know, by the time you, you walk, you know, 10, 15 feet, you know, you're, you know, you're about six inches taller than what you was when you started <laughs> because of up on the bottom of your boots. So you're constantly, uh, taking your shovel and scraping your boots off and, uh, you know, digging gloves is great because like I say, you know, there's a lot of, you know, rocks and, and flint over there. So it gets busted up. So you, you know, you want to watch out for the sharp things. And I said, you know, you usually I tell everyone, you know, definitely bring, bring your detector that you were the most comfortable with. Um, and if you have room, pack a, pack a second one, because it, you know, there's, there's no detector stores around. And I said, you know, if you have a problem, you know, most of the time somebody in the group has a similar detector that can help you out, but you know, it's always good to bring an extra detector. But, um, like I say the, you know, your pinpointer and things, because if it's wet and sticky, I said, you can have a, a handful of mud that you can't make any indication of anything out of stuck to your glove and you're going to need your pinpointer to, <laughs> to find what it is. But, um, sure. I'm glad to hear. Glad to hear the washer dryer. That's. uh, I wasn't expecting to hear that. That's that makes it great. You don't have to pack as much if you can wash. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's a washer, and it's a something they call a dryer. Oh sure, sure. I found that it has the capability of doing about (laughs) one pair of camo pants or jeans that it don't take four hours to do. But (laughs) you got. like a dryer here in the states where you just stuff everything in it 30 minutes later it's dry um no their dryers over there are definitely different right (laughs) but uh, you have a washer and and uh you know the dryer there and they also have a clothesline outside which works really great because you can hang it out there in the wind in 15 minutes it's dry so (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah, we have two-way radios that I always bring, you know, so everyone has a radio to be able to talk back into, you know, pass on, hey, I found something great, you know, or come over here and see what I found. I said, you know, that's always the excitement to, you know, for someone to find something, everybody to kind of come around and congratulate them. And, um, you know, the shovels, you know, we, you know, uh, we provide the shovels and also you don't have to travel that. I mean, 
you know, some guys, if they got a little small, you know, Samson digger or something like that, the Lesh tools, you know, those are fine to bring. But, um, you know, those are, uh, you know, something you don't have to worry about trying to, you know, to bring a long-handled shell boiling. And I guess the other... Go ahead. Go ahead. I said Brian Yurden in the uh, chat wanted to know how many actual days of hunting on these trips. Okay, all all these trips when we do a seven day trip, you know, it's actually seven seven days of hunting. And I'll, um, you know, because we we've decided now, you know, if we go up and stay at the barn that night, then you know we we don't have travel time that morning to get from London up to Colchester. You know, losing detecting time. So now we do it where. You know, we get there, you know, generally we try and get in on, a, you know, Friday evening. So we're starting hunting, you know, Saturday, you know, so you're hunting all the way up till, you know, till Friday. And then, you know, we return back on like the following Saturday. So, right. so like I said, you know, the seven, seven full days of hunting. And, and like I say, usually it's, um, it, it's, it's 10 hours pretty much, uh, if not a little more, depending on, you know, how the weather is, and if everybody decides they want to stay out late or if everybody wants to come in early, then, you know, we kind of, you know, decide by the group, so. And uh, what, one other thing I was going to say, too, a lot of people always ask about the, you know, the power uh, situation over there. The, uh, you know, over in the U.K., they have, uh, it's 240 volts, but... Most of the new chargers and detectors and all now are using USB, so most of those USB chargers are are capable of that. So really, just you need a wall adapter and things. So it's made it a lot a lot better with the newer detectors. Where it used to, you know, it was uh, some issues that people would go over and buy an adapter and plug something in, and it just went up in smoke. But uh, now we're a little more compatible to you know to have the 120 240 voltage. Uh, you know, range That's on it. That's good. Yeah, I found an adapter with some USB on it too, and it it worked real well. You know, it was a power adapter plus USB ports on it that converted everything. It worked really well. Mm-hmm. I got to find one of those. Yeah. Well, yeah. tell you what, buddy, you've been a, you've been a great guest tonight, man. We've learned a lot about England. Tell you what, yeah, we touched everything. I think we did. Yep. You know, everyone listening in, you know, the Buddy's link's right down below to uh, georgiabuddy.com. Pretty easy to remember there. And, um, you know, go over to his site. Check it out. He's got all kinds of things there. He's got a, equipment and different stuff that you can take a look at. And, uh, you know, click on the, the links to take you to the England trips. And, you know, you can reach out to him, and he'll tell you what trips he has coming up and, uh, you know, what uh, what the future looks like and, you're interested get involved get involved and uh come join us on a on a on an england hunt sometime and i guarantee if it's something you've been wanting to do it's going to uh be every bit as cool as you think it would be if not more um because i didn't know what to expect and when i the fact that we're where we're at that colchester area like buddy was talking about earlier it gave me a whole nother experience than what i thought it was going to be i mean it, it really you really felt like you were part of the you know the local village and, and you're kind of part of that you know you could just feel the history in in your pores you know what i mean like you just feel it and you know it, it's a it's a great time you have the opportunity to find some amazing things every signal could be just you know a two thousand year old amazing artifact and um 
I can't recommend it enough. I know it's a little bit of money and you might have to save for it, but like Buddy said, they do a deposit system and then at some point they ask for the balance and that kind of makes it a little easier to kind of save up and um, you end up going with a big group of people that are all like-minded individuals and they just, you just end up having a good time. So, Buddy, I want to thank you for coming on the show and, and willing to give us your time and your information and Man, I can't wait to see you in person in uh, in March next year. Oh, same same here, Ken and, and Tony. Yeah, uh, it's great talking with y'all. And I said, look, look forward to hunting with y'all both. I said in in England. I said we'll we'll definitely be having a wonderful time for sure. So. Yeah, great. Uh, well, why don't you hold on and we'll say our goodbyes off the air. And uh, if uh, you got anything final to say, go ahead. Uh, we'll let you have the last word. Well, well, just one thing I was going to uh, throw in, just a, a, a little plug for a TV show in uh, England. It, most folks have probably seen it, but if not, it's called The Detectorist. It is a fantastic show, which they really poke fun, not at Detectorist, but at the funny things that happens to them. And it really gives you a good insight on you know, the things going on over there in our trips uh, really turn out a lot like those, too. So I said it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and a very good show. And um, I'm, I'm hearing rumors that they're actually going to have a feature-length movie coming out, uh, hopefully within the next year. Boy, I second that. Can't recommend it more. Um, yep. You know, more. It's, uh, it's an amazing show, for sure. And you're right. You feel just like that. Like, the surroundings in that show... The, the views in that show you're looking at the you know the the fields and everything like it's just like that and it's just 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 like that and um yeah it's a it's an amazing show so <laughs> thanks for coming on buddy we'll talk to you here right after the music plays out tony you got something yeah i'll second the uh incredibleness of that of that tv show i've probably watched all three seasons well over 20 times each um it's i i just and in fact when you guys were talking about takeaway that was one of the lines in in one of the episodes where we talked about uh he had gotten french takeaway that night and that's where i first heard that that term so <laughs> just kind of funny you guys mentioned it tonight so um yep uh buddy thanks for coming on i really do appreciate the, all the information i'm really looking forward to march uh and meeting up with you and this will be my my first trip out there so um, I'm going to follow you around like a little lost puppy and, and detect right around where you're at. That's the thing I took away from tonight's little uh, episode. So uh, I appreciate you coming on. And if you guys are interested in seeing anything from my side of the world, uh, check out 5280 Adventures on YouTube, Facebook, put it into uh, Google, You'll, wherever it comes up. That's my, uh, be linked over to where I'm at. So come over, check out some videos, and uh, drop me a, a little message on Facebook if you want. And that's about all I got, Ken. Great. Yeah, next week we'll be talking to you probably from Oklahoma. I haven't made a decision yet, or we haven't decided if we're going to go live Thursday night. Uh, we will be in town, and uh, we just may do that, or if we're going to wait till Friday night till we're at the social event, maybe broadcast live from there. But we'll let you guys know what's happening on uh, the, the Relics Radio Facebook group. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But we will be broadcasting live from Oklahoma next week. And we'll have all kinds of people that are there come by and say hi. So you never know who's coming on the mic or what you're going to hear. I tell you what. Uh, <laughs> so fun. be sure to join us for sure. Um, anything else, Tony? Uh, you getting out this weekend at all? Nope. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not because uh, anybody is... 
professional. You cut me off there? No. Professional. professional. No, if anybody saw on Facebook, I actually bought a new house. So we're we are busy uh, till 11 o'clock every night now, just packing, purging, doing all that, getting ready for that stuff. So. Yeah, congratulations, man. Exciting news. Exciting news in the Frangella house, for sure. That's right. All right, one well, everyone have a great night. Thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for uh, Georgia Buddy for giving us some great information. And we will catch you next week live from Oklahoma. Have a good night and have a great weekend. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Relics Radio. We really do appreciate it. Be sure and join us live each Thursday night at 8 o'clock Eastern here on Spreaker, or you can catch the archive show at Relics Radio on Spreaker, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast outlets. Please take a minute and hit the like button. And be sure that you follow us so that you'll get notifications of all of our upcoming broadcasts. Be sure and visit Digging with Seven and Adventures in Dirt on YouTube and check out the Relics Radio Facebook group page. If you'd like to get in touch with us, then send an email to relicsradio at outlook.com. We'd love to hear from you. We hope that you will join us next Thursday night, and until then, get out there and dig some history.